Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR, talent, and leadership communities to you. For more episodes and the latest articles covering what's new in the world of work, visit hrgazette.com, subscribe and follow us on social media. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. With with all the issues in the world, following two years of COVID-19, and now an atrocious, terrible, terrible war in Ukraine. The overwhelming feelings of distress have many people worrying about what's coming up next. Doom scrolling through social media feeds without pause has become a compulsive and comforting ritual for many. As we resume business as usual, leaders need to be attuned with how their employees are being impacted by this. The, the sky is falling feeling that, that can be very overwhelming. Brian Hughes the VP of HR for First Onsite is one leader who has found success by making empathy and well-being top priorities throughout the years. He has been able to counter uncertain times with communication and wellness tools. And by doing this, he can affect his workforce's resilience. Brian, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the show today. Thanks very much, Bill. It's a pleasure to be here and I was honored to be invited to, to speak with you today. So I'm looking forward to the conversation and the space we create today to share our, our thoughts. Yeah, well, when, when your team reached out to me, Brian, uh, I just felt that it was extremely timely. Uh, I mean, you've got, you've got a great uh, uh, a career background. You've got uh, a fantastic uh, reputation uh, within the industry and you've done amazing things uh, in your career. Um, but the, the timing was, was excellent, you know, because uh, I, I think everybody could could do with hearing your story and getting some of your insights to help us cope with ongoing tragedy, uh, mm-hmm. ongoing sadness. Um, the the twenty twenties are awful in many ways. You know, we we, we all feel that we've just come through uh, the worst of the pandemic in in many countries, at least around the world. Hopefully, touch wood, uh, the Omicron variant is so contagious, seventy times more contagious than Delta, for example. That um, hopefully it's like the end of the Spanish flu and how that happened. And now we're we're all witnessing on social media or on television or elsewhere the atrocities happening in Ukraine at the moment. Um, so your advice is very timely, sir. Uh, let, let, let's get straight into it then. What workplace factors can can further contribute to the, to the feelings of anxiety, stress, uncertainty, helplessness, and so on that, that employees may be feeling following the pandemic and, and now war? And as part of that answer, Brian, perhaps you can also share how have you seen these things impact your own staff in, in, in your company? Yeah, that's it's a great question and very, very timely, as you said. And, you know, our, at first onset, we're very much aware uh, of the impact of our employees. And we keep the employees first and foremost, our mind. Um, you know, if they're happy and, and, and sort of engaged within the organization, they can certainly show up and serve our customers, which is our number one priority outside of our employees. And certainly many things that are occurring out of our control. And that's what really creates the challenges for us as organizations to really help our employees be comfortable with things that are out of the control. Um, everyone does respond differently. Everyone has a different connection to the world events, whether it's COVID, uh, Ukraine, and now the climate, as we hear about. Um, there's many big things happening. And, and really, our approach is to, to be consciously aware as individuals. But more importantly, it's really to help create space for our individuals on their teams, et cetera, and even their families to be open, honest, and authentic of what they're feeling and making it safe to do that and creating that space for that. So really, there's really a focus on 
what you can control and staying within your circle of influence and creating that space to really let people be who they are and be human. We'll be right back to this conversation after this very brief message from today's sponsoring partner. Impulse, a holistic solution for all your employee engagement needs. Connect, align, empower, and motivate your employees to build high-performance teams. Gather feedback, identify improvement areas, and take corrective action, all through one common platform. And with seamless integrations available with your existing work systems, getting started is a breeze. Whether you are a growing startup or an enterprise, build a truly engaged employee experience with Impulse. Studies, Brian, have shown a correlation between staff feeling comfortable using available resources to, to build mental resilience at work when, when they feel it's supported by leadership. How have you been able to get your leadership team on board and continually championing prioritizing mental well-being it I, I think maybe things have changed a bit in the last couple of years okay but before then i i suspect it was a bit more of a struggle um maybe leadership have got a better appreciation since the pandemic of of, of what mental health means to the productivity overall of a, of, a, of a business um and the fact that hopefully we're all a bit more human than we were a couple a couple of years ago in, in how we communicate with each other right mm-hmm Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and building off my earlier comments there too, as well, it's, it's really about uh, creating that, um, that space and the, and the impact that employees are feeling from not just the world events, but what our, our work itself, like first onsite is really in an environment and we work in environments that are actually quite catastrophic. Um, things that are way out of our control, things that are unpredictable. And we've always focused on building that resiliency um, within the organization. So it's helpful that the nature of our business does get there. I will say that COVID and, and all these other things that are under our control have opened up space for more flexibility and how we actually lead organizations and lead the people, not just to serve our customers, but just to be flexible with themselves and what's occurring to them in their personal lives and really helping them be present in their job. And really what that's pointing to is around health and safety and being mentally resilient is truly a health and safety uh, priority. And that's how we're taking a position on it within the organization. You know, historically, if you go through the history of health and safety, it's you had rules, then we've got equipment, and then there's legislation and things like that. What's the next level? The next level is our mental health <clears throat> and our resiliency around that. So we're really taking it from a health and safety uh, orientation so that our employees can show up safely, be present, and really build that resiliency so they can actually work through the, the situations that are in front of them that, like I said, very unpredictable, catastrophic events. Thing, we do things that 95% of the population wouldn't want to be dealing with, but we do it happily to serve our customers and to make it really um, meet what their expectations are to, to help deliver that service. So really our leadership um, has uh, been poised to have some skills, some insights, some knowledge to really help create that space for people to, um, to actually be there and spend time on building their resiliency, but also coming to the workplace with that uh, focus to be, to be safe and to be present within, within what they're doing each and every day from that perspective. So our leaders see the value now and they're seeing the impact of really focusing on the individual and coming at it from their perspective and, and truly creating that um, mindset of 
these are human beings. We're all human. And let's not ignore ourselves as leaders as well. And I think that readiness of our leadership was really critical. And that's where my attention was put on is let me focus on the leaders so they actually take care of themselves as leaders and get into the right mindset um, for others and then helping them create that space as well. So it, it's almost like a cascading strategy where it's making it safe, making it okay to be vulnerable and really trying to be attentive as leaders so that we ourselves are thinking about our own selves, but also the impact we're having on our teams around us. And, and that, that focus has really had a profound effect on the actual um, operations of just delivering service as well to our customers, team dynamics, um, you know, engagement scores. I can go down many paths with this, but definitely uh, having that open dialogue, setting those expectations and giving some guidelines and some insights to actually how to create that space and be mindful of what people are doing to show up with their teams has been very powerful from that perspective. And we talk openly about psychological safety, mental health. It's not a scary word anymore. It's something we need to talk to. And it's a real thing um, from that perspective. You know, we have, we did have one story I can share a uh, sad story, but an opening story to help us create spaces. We had a tragedy with one of our senior executives on the organization that we lost to suicide. And that really said, wow, this is a real thing. Um, out and beyond, you know, what we're doing, we're humans. This can happen to any one of us and it can come out of the blue. So we cannot ignore that. So some of these these tragedies can help open up space for a bigger impact as well. Um, with that said, we've been focusing on this for a very long time. It's just these events often create more space for commitment and energy putting into it. So um, we've had some really good traction around that. Uh Brian, as part of your answer there, you you mentioned that first on-site property restoration does engagement scoring, for for, for example. I'd, I'd be interested to hear how how your tech stack has perhaps expanded uh, as a result of the pandemic um, and and you know the the ongoing context that we're living in at the moment. Over the last couple of years, what have, what have what have you added to your your tech stack uh, to better engage with and and measure in, in employees? Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing, for example, everybody's had to become au fait with Zoom or, or an equivalent, obviously, so they can communicate through video. But um, are you doing regular touch points? How regular are those? What, what types of technology are you doing to, to, to measure how your, how your employees are doing? Yeah, so we do have a regular rhythm um, set up within our organization on multiple levels. So, you know, there's there's daily, weekly, monthly, uh, quarterly uh, calls, depending on what the agenda is. And we were fortunate enough that us moving to the to the virtual world from a management operational perspective was relatively seamless. We had uh, a lot of tech in place and, and, and people were comfortable working uh, remotely because we are a global company. We work on global teams uh, on a daily basis. So, so from that perspective, we've um, certainly been poised well from a basic technological perspective. However, we have evolved a little directly is that you know, we're getting into more um, virtual spaces like whiteboards and getting into being more interactive engagement techniques within that platform. So, you know, not just videos, but you can go to these sites and do polling and 
those whiteboards, which I sat through one that was one of the most powerful sessions I've had and never expected to be virtual. Um, it's so effective, but with stickies and all kinds of fun things that we were doing. And it really was engaging from that perspective. And it really lets people um, just try to feel a bit more connected um, as, as we were you know, just through, not just through the screen itself. So, you know, there's some of those little techniques that we've been uh, going into the, in, in more deeply into the, the impact we've been having. So um, certainly, you know, we are committed to that, very comfortable in the virtual space. And like I say, there are regular touch points with every team um, right through the leadership team, right down through local branch operations and so forth. Um, it's an expectation we set and checkpoints are done frequently and regularly. And, you know, on a macro level, we talk about the engagement on an annual basis. We're now going into our fourth year and we've had 10% growth year over year with our people, uh, with our engagement levels. Um, and to give a plug to Gallup, we're a Gallup house. So we use their, their assessment and evaluation tool to help us get a, a temperature read on the, on the culture and where we're heading. Um, and it's been very powerful through all this time. Um, we've been, uh, seeing increasing in engagement on top of all that's going on in this world. So um, we think that's a really strong indication that our commitment to building this resiliency and creating that space of just being authentic and calling out breakdowns and, and really checking in with people and giving them permission to say, hey, this is working or this, this is missing and we need to do this or let's keep doing this. This is effective. So that employee engagement, just asking them to be honest and authentic with what they're experiencing within our environment um, has been very powerful. And the, and I say like the Gallup scores validate that we are increasingly uh, getting more engagement from our employees year over year because we do attend uh, to that topic and we keep our leaders focusing on engagement, not just getting stuff done through people, but leveraging people to get stuff done, um, particularly playing with their strengths, which helps them engage more effectively within what needs to get done. Okay, thank you very much. I'd like to focus a little bit on the the effects of the the technology over the last couple of years when it comes to allowing people uh, to work remotely. I mean, we're now in a situation as we record this interview in early April 2022, where mm -hmm. a lot of folk are going back to the office, Brian, some with uh, more trepidation than, than others, but a lot of people are going back to the office, um, but perhaps not full time, you know, maybe one or two days a week. Also, I, I think from the conversations I've had on, on this show in the past, um, lots of leaders have had their eyes open to how big the talent pool actually is. And my goodness me, during a time when you've got this war for talent, you've got this great resignation, that's that's really important. But I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts now on clear delimitations between you know personal and professional lives over, over the last couple of years working remotely. Uh, you may have kids or dogs or whatever running around in the background, you know, and, and to, to what you were saying earlier, it, it, the last couple of years have helped us all learn that we are human beings and uh, to be more authentic and so on and so forth. But now we're going back into the workplace more anyway. From, from an HR leader's perspective, is it is it a good thing to have a blurred personal and professional life? I, I, are there are there negatives to that as well? I mean, for example, I, I worry about people not being able to switch off working until late at night. Does that not matter if it means that they're flexible and, and they can spend more time doing other things when they need to, you know, picking up kids or whatever? What, what's your take on what that, that, that line is, what that line should be when it comes to um, being authentic? Sure. But the separation between personal and professional lives been in 2022. 
Yeah, it, that's a great question. And, and again, it's something we all struggle with on, on occasion, particularly when we're so customer driven and our customers often drive what needs to get done. Um, and, and they can be quite demanding uh, at times, um, at the best of times. Um, and, and, you know, the line is really about being open to getting uh, the discussion around what are my parameters? Like, what do I need um, to be supported? Um, what are the results you need me to do? So what are those expectations? So we really focus on, I think it's the second question we, we zero in on is what is expected of me um, in my job and focusing more on the results as opposed to focusing on the task or visibility and, and having to see over the shoulder every day, you know, and seeing the whites of the eyes. That, that's a mindset shift, which is required with the permission to provide some guidelines and some some sort of guardrails, however you want to phrase it, um, to really help set those expectations. So defining up front what you know, those, those must-haves are, I mean, meaning attendance or what have you. However, if people need to attend to the demands that are coming at them on a broader scale outside of their job responsibilities, being open and being flexible and being nimble is critical to that. And this whole concept of hybrid is not going away. Um, so therefore, as leaders uh, of organizations, we do need to get more comfortable with our own mindsets and our own outlook that I don't need to see people. I need to trust people. I need to trust that they're going to actually get the job done and then give them some space and opportunity to actually control their agenda um, and how they're going to get it done or when they're going to get it done within the parameters I referenced earlier. There's always some guidelines and, and sort of expectations that you must do. However, it isn't quite as... Um, hands-on or as helicopterish as many of us parents have grown into becoming um, that historically might have happened in the past around managing people um, and to do tasks. It's really just a managing for results and really focusing on people's um, level of engagement and the, the actual strengths they have. And if someone needs to be managed in a certain way, then you manage in that way and understanding what their support requirements are and creating, again, goes back to that space because that's that's the underlying theme that you'll hear from me is it's creating that safe space to have that open, authentic dialogue. So you can set those parameters and saying, hey, here's what I'm up against. I got kids at home. I, I've got a dog, a new puppy here. I'm training, whatever, whatever it is. Um, just be aware. I may get distracted. Um, you know, it's uncanny how a number of meetings I'm in, I see cats walking in front of someone's screen or the kids coming up and tapping them on the shoulder. I think three years ago, that would have sent us squirrely. Like, what is going on? This person's not engaged. Are they really working and all those sorts of things? Now it's like, hey, there's your cat. What's your cat's name? Can we talk about it? You know, there's a whole new dynamic and a comfort level that I know we've created within First Onsite. You know, people take dogs to work now. That was never, ever happened before. So it's okay. Take your dog to work. You know, we'll accommodate that. That would not happen historically. So, you know, it's really being open to what people need. Uh, really paying attention to what they they are asking for and making it okay to to make the request and making it okay to to give them a bit more control on how they get stuff done. So I think, you know, if the results are there, that's what we should be focusing on and really supporting people from what they share with us and what they need to attend to whatever is in their life. And it's so varied. That's why the mindset's so important and just making it safe to to raise viewpoints, ideas, and thoughts without judging or negating or explaining it away. So, yeah, this is where I get a lot of passion around. So it's one of my longer answers, but certainly because this is what will differentiate organizations, creating that space um, and really not looking at it so traditionally and so structured. I think building that flexibility in, in any culture will make organizations nimble, 
and highly effective. Brian, I think we just touched upon the key topic for our next conversation, sir. Um, Perfect. And that is, you know, <laughs> the the one of the silver linings of the pandemic was how it brought pets out of the shadows and into the office. Discuss. Yes. Um, okay, but that's that's for another time. Um, before we do wrap up for for today, Brian, how can our listeners connect with you and and learn more uh, about all the cool things happening over at First Onsite Property Restoration? Yeah, so um, so first on-site uh, property restoration actually, just to clarify, has actually uh, become one company called First Onsite now. So we've just merged eight different companies and, and globally. So we're we're now First Onsite, and that is uh, I'd be remiss not to point that out. Um, so it's First Onsite, full stop, and um, we are now a global company uh, and, and and integrating many other companies. So that's important to for people to know. I'm a LinkedIn fan, um, so please reach out to me. Um, on LinkedIn, and I'd be happy to connect. And you'll see I'm an avid networker. Um, I'm pretty generous with my acceptance. So uh, please feel free to, to reach out. Happy to chat anytime and uh, create some conversation. Awesome. I believe you and I are connected. Uh, you, you are, you're very gracious to pop me a note. So um, he is indeed very open on LinkedIn listeners so you should totally connect uh, connect with with brian there and it's um it's just first on site okay we got that um hey brian uh, that just leaves me to say for today i've really enjoyed this conversation thank you very much for being my guest on this episode of the hr chat show it's been a pleasure anytime happy to come back and listeners until next time happy working thanks for listening to this episode of the hr chat podcast there are hundreds of conversations with business experts available for free on the HR Gazette website, Apple, Spotify, and all the main platforms. And remember to like, subscribe, and follow us on social media.